Today, we're at the Signet Theater here in San Diego, California, with the amazing playwright, Nathan Allen Davis. Welcome to Theater Corner, brother. Thank you. It is such a thrill to have you here. There's some exciting things uh, happening around your, your talents. Uh, <laughs> Why are you here in San Diego? Well, I'm here to work on my play, The Wind and the Breeze. Mm -hmm. I'm play, The Wind and the Breeze, which is going to be uh, performed here at Signet Theater where we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> right here. So this is kind of special because we're, we're, we're actually on the stage. We are on the stage. Which is a bridge. Mm -hmm. What's the significance of the, of the bridge for this piece? Well, the bridge is the place where the whole play takes place. Mm -hmm. So it's the main setting, the only setting of the play. It's a bridge that's overlooking the Rock River in Rockford, Illinois. And that's my hometown. And the main character, whose name is Sam, has staked out his spot on the bridge and is not leaving. Mm. And the other characters in the play are trying to sort of guide him <laughs> off or move him along. He's there simply because he's decided that home is where I'm going to be, and he's looking for a spot to watch the 4th of July fireworks. Uh. But it's February when the play starts, so he's <laughs> getting an early start. All right. So where, is, uh, where, do you, where does the idea come from for, for this piece? Is, is, is it uh, kind of uh, an actual real-life experience or something you, you've observed? Well, this piece actually is the second play I ever wrote, believe oh, it or not. Wow. It's been revised and had many different iterations mm -hmm. since I wrote the first draft. I think the first time I dove into it, it was actually because I needed to have more than one play to apply for grad school. <laughs> I decided that I wanted to be a playwright, and I had written one play, but there were some programs that needed two plays. I didn't have a whole lot of time to think. I just had to kind of write with my instinct. Right. So it began as a kind of a character study. You know, there were four characters just talking um, on a bridge, uh -huh. and it just kind of came to me. And from there, you know, the story and the characters kind of found their way over years of work and workshops and different uh, efforts to try to bring the play to life. Mm. How would you describe the overall theme of, it, uh, of this piece? The overall theme of The Wind and the Breeze is, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me when you see it. I think it has a lot to do with with the idea of what it's like to stay versus leave, what it's your old self versus your new self, who you were versus who you are now versus who you're becoming, mm -hmm. and what that means to the people who are closest to you. So your closest friends, your family, you know, we all grow and change mm -hmm. and evolve throughout life. And sometimes that brings us 
closer to people that we love, and sometimes it brings us further apart. So I think the play explores a lot of the nuances of that dynamic. Okay. And so you've had somewhat of a, a long-running relationship with the Signet. You've, I mean, you've had this piece here before. Yeah, so this play was done uh, as part of the, the Bill and Judy Garrett Finish Line Commission, mm-hmm. which is a program that the Signet Theater started up, I believe, a couple of years ago. I think this was one of the first plays done with that commission. And Robbie Lutfi, who's directing the play, actually saw an early version of the piece at the Kennedy Center back in 2012. And Robbie and I became friends shortly after that. And he's really been a very staunch advocate for the play Mm -hmm. since he first saw it. And now he's an associate artistic director here at the Signet, and he wanted to do the play. So he helped to get the commission, and now he's... um, helped to get it produced and is directing it. This play is really impressing quite a quite a lot of people. I mean, it's it's already had, you've received two awards for this play, the, the Blue Ink Playwriting Award in 2016 and the Lorraine Hansberry Award in, in 2013. Quite impressive. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. But also, I, I saw in uh, American Theater Magazine, mm-hmm. Where, where, where they, they named you as one of the six, this is back in October of last year, they named you one of the six theater workers uh, we should know. <laughs> and I think uh, that, that's, that's quite a recognition there. I, what did you think about that when, you, when, you, when they contacted you, you know, for this, this particular recognition? It was cool. I got an email asking for answers to questions about mm-hmm. my career and that kind of thing. And saying they wanted to feature me, you know, in the magazine, that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, So sent the email off, and then I think somehow or another, my mom got a copy of that magazine, just happened to get it Uh. that month, uh, because a friend of mine who lives in Rockford had had gotten the magazine and showed it to her. So it was really cool, you know, like for my family and stuff like that to see it. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. That, that's really awesome. So since you've been here in San Diego uh, this weekend and, and had a chance to sit in on the, on the rehearsal, has there been much uh, revision uh, at all? Or is any, you think there's a bit of changing as, along the way? I mean, these things, these things do evolve. You know? They do, right. And sometimes it's not until you see it in you know, three dimensions that you right. really know what you need to do. Right. Uh, we actually were able to start rehearsal kind of early because Milwaukee Repertory Theater did a workshop or a reading of the play just before rehearsal started here at Signet. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee Rep flew the actors in as well, and Robbie and myself. So all of us got to be in the room together, and I did a few tweaks there. Um, I'm, I'm, cons- I'm considering doing a couple other changes, but because this play has been worked on quite a bit over the years, uh-huh. there's not a ton that I'm eager to do. Right. Uh, I think sometimes you have to know when you just trust what's there and give the actors a chance to live in what's there. And and sometimes you don't know until after you really see a full production with an audience what really you know might be done next. Exactly. So I think play is always unfinished until you decide it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's the way it goes. So I'm really excited that you're working with a wonderful friend of mine, the director, uh, Patricia McGregor. Incredible talent. Uh, it's the pieces, uh, The Refuge Plays. It's a series. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so The Refuge Plays is a series of three plays. Mm -hmm. The first play is called Protect the Beautiful Place. The second play is called Walking Man. And the third play is called Early's House. And the plays span about 60 years. They center around a sort of eccentric, mystically inclined black family that lives in southern Illinois. Mm. And it's really a lot about generational connectedness. Mm -hmm. It's about... Well, it's about a lot of things. It's about family. It's about legacy. It's about how do you sort of create a space in the world where you feel safe. Mm -hmm. uh, I think when I first wrote it, I was thinking a lot about just what is it like to raise children in this world that we live in and how do you simultaneously protect them and shelter them from all the chaos that's around us mm -hmm. and tell them the truth, you uh. know? So I think when I wrote the first draft, a lot of those things were going through my head. And Patricia directed an early reading of the plays, and she really connected really immediately to those themes. I think they really resonated with her as well. Mm -hmm. So it's been great. Working with her has been a dream. I mean, she's amazing. I think the plays have really evolved a lot under her, her direction, and we're continuing to work on them towards hopefully production in the near future. That's, that is so awesome. And this is, uh, at one point when it is produced, that would be at which theater? Is there a theater designated sometime in the future? Or? Well, right now the plays are under commission from the Public Theater. Okay. And the Public Theater and the McCarter Theater have been working with us really closely on development. So okay. we're seeing that through and hoping to have it staged soon. Awesome. I'm always curious. You know, people that have this incredible innate talent, like you have, you know? When did you kind of recognize uh, that you, you've had this knack uh, to be like this incredible wordsmith that you are? Well, thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote a lot of poetry growing up. Mm -hmm. I think I reached a point where poetry in and of itself wasn't satisfying me or I, I was hitting a wall okay. in terms of that, that it wasn't quite the medium that I was meant to, to write in. And I also was an actor, and I hit a wall as an actor as well. Part of that coincided with becoming a father and having children and then not being able to really be a vagabond the way that actors mm. need to be. <laughs> so I actually had a bit of an existential crisis when I was in my early 30s, late 20s, early 30s, and I was working a full-time job, and I was acting, and I was like, you know what, I think I need to slow down for a second. And I, when I asked myself what is it that I really want to do with my life? It was very clear that I wanted to write plays. Mm -hmm. And I had been trying to write plays since probably my early 20s, really, but it never really became a thing that I felt like I needed to do until I faced that kind of crisis in my own life. Okay. And so when I decided this is what I'm doing, I never really looked back. Even though I didn't have a lot of experience writing plays before I did it, because how can you? <laughs> I think I felt like this is something I can do. I, I, I believed it was possible. So I just, I wrote. I kind of, um, you know, took my experience in acting and in theater and my training in theater that I had acquired over the years uh -huh. and applied that to the writing. And I read books and I read plays. And eventually I was able to write a play and then another one. And then from there it just sort of happened and it's and it's just taking off it's taking off <laughs> as they say sure yeah that's cool uh 
There's one thing I, I, I was really curious about. It struck me as I was reading your, your artist statement. And, and I, and I want to I read this particular part of your artist statement. Sure. And it, 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 you, uh, you wrote that, uh, I am a playwright of mixed race. Uh, the African diaspora and the Western tradition are both essential parts of my identity. I do not forsake one for the other. I let them collide support and invigorate each other. And what, the reason why it struck me, because you are Baha'i faith, mm -hmm. it's similar, it parallels uh, in the sense that the Baha'i is a religion teaching the essential worth of all religions and the unity and equality of all people. And I was wondering if, 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 if part of your faith kind of informs this statement that you make or, or kind of guides you along in your, in your work. Definitely. I mean, that's sort of who I am and where I've come from. Uh -huh. I think that the conflict between cultures and the sort of innate difficulty of being mixed race and having to sort of straddle uh, more than one world. Right. I mean, I think that actually, to be honest, is a thing that people of African descent have to deal with no matter what, no matter mm -hmm. where they are, because we're often in a culture that is dominated by somebody else, right? right? Um, and so how do you identify with your roots and then also navigate this world that you're in? Um, so, you know, I think that that's something that just been with me mm -hmm. for my entire life. I think the idea of creating a just world that people can actually coexist with each other and actually support each other and live in unity is a very difficult thing. But I think we can't even begin to do that until we've reckoned with our past and reckoned with the injustices that are informing our present and that we're perpetuating in the present right. um, that have really ancient roots. So I think a lot of my writing is centered around that, you mm -hmm. know, that how do you reconcile this irreconcilable problem? Mm -hmm. You really can't. Uh, but to sort of try to tell the truth and to write about it can at least shine a light on what's happening and hopefully a little bit of guidance on how might we begin to solve it? You know, how mm -hmm. do we look at things in a different perspective? I think the theater is uniquely situated to actually teach in that way, mm -hmm. to show us a different way of thinking, even if it's momentary, even if it's only you know, a fleeting moment, there's this possibility in a room to show people a different reality and to show it in action. And so that's why I love theater. And that's why wow. I, I write. That's beautiful. I, I really, I really love that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's fascinating. Thanks. So you're in LA right now doing some writing for television. Yeah, that's right. I'm working on a new show called American Soul, uh, which is going to be on BET. And it's a show that's about Soul Train and Don Cornelius, oh, who is yeah. the the okay. founder and was the host of Soul Train. Right. And so the show is not exactly biographical, but it does pull directly from his life and his story and features the Soul Train dancers uh, as characters, uh, fictional, fictionalized versions of the, mm -hmm. the dancers. And so it kind of delves into that whole world of Soul Train, uh, which was uh, the first black television show to have kind of nationwide syndication in that way right um and yeah it's quite exciting man that's gonna be cool that's because i'm one that uh from that generation i, I was watching soul train you yeah. know every weekend you know that, that was really cool that's where you learned all the what, what the latest dances exactly. were you know you tuned right. in what's the biggest 
shock to your system going from New York to L.A.? Well, the biggest shock is just being there, being away from my family, oh, away yeah. from my kids. Yeah. Um, you know, working essentially a nine-to-five type of job. Okay. You know, as a theater artist, I'm working random hours. I'm teaching. I'm doing right. random things. But having a steady, okay, here you're at work. Now you're done with work. Now mm-hmm. you have your weekend. That's a different reality that I've been living for the past few years. So Very cool. Before you leave us, uh, maybe you can tell us about what you have coming up. Uh, sure. Well, I have a play called Origin Story, which is going to be produced at Water Tower Theater, which is in Edison, Texas, in the Dallas area, uh, in summer of 2019. So essentially one summer from this coming summer, that's, that's happening in the works. So it'll be a while, but that's uh, the next play that I have that's going to be produced. Uh, it's a play that is sort of a comedy in a way. It deals with the workplace and a person who is having a um, difficulty navigating two jobs and figuring out what's really going on, like what is the purpose of this work that kind of mm-hmm. feels mundane and meaningless. And it's a lot of very interesting and almost impossible things happen. So yeah, it should be okay. interesting. Awesome. I want to wish you the best. I, I really you, appreciate you you're coming by and sitting down with a brother here on Theater Corner. And, and I'm going to be watching, uh, watching out for the products you, you produce. Thank you, viewers, for tuning in to another episode of Theater Corner, and we'll see you next time.